live from the Aloha State. Welcome to this week's edition of the Mojo Radio Show. Aloha, everybody, and welcome to the Mojo Radio Show. Yes, I am live from Honolulu, Waikiki, baby, hanging loose. No shoes, no shirt, no problems. How are you, Robbo? How's things uh, back I'm in all the right. studio, buddy? I'm all right, mate. And you actually, you know what sucks my mojo is when my co-host disappears to Hawaii for a week and leaves me here to do the show. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, dude. I mean, I, I, get it. I, can't, I can't lie. I'm sitting here with no shoes on. I, got uh, no shirt on. Uh, I came straight from the pool deck. No problems. It's, yeah. uh, it's yeah. pretty nice. I mean, it was uh, the only downside, it was 31 degrees today. It was very, wow. very, very Wow. Wow. But, you, but then again, uh, you're in Hawaii, so you can probably put up with that, right? Mate, it's been, uh, it's been great. And the first, uh, first night I cruised downtown and I went to Margaritaville and I mean, I was in heaven. Uh, Jimmy yeah, Buffett's nice. Margaritaville. Yeah. It had, it had to be five o'clock somewhere. <laughs> so you took the opportunity, <laughs> just, right? Yeah. It's amazing. It was a live band playing this Hawaiian reggae music. There were, the, there were screens that were bigger than my house all around the room playing football, margaritas, coronas. Hello, hello, hello to our friends at Corona. Um, yeah, <laughs> You're still good. trying. So, uh, <laughs> nice. Oh, that's excellent. Oh, well, mate, I've got to tell you, if I didn't have Fiji to look forward to at Christmas time, I'd be dead jealous, but I'm doing all right. <laughs> There's something, yeah, I mean, there is something spiritual about the sun and surf and beach that just, it just lets you forget and it's, I mm. think it's good for the soul. I, my Absolutely. theory is... And I haven't tested this, but it's a pretty thought, strong thought or thesis mm. that we all need a beach holiday once a year at some point where there's just surf, sand, sun, vitamin D, mm. good food, a couple of beers, and mm. sunsets. It's just uh, all good. And your laptop to record the Mojo Show. <laughs> <laughs> well, I did get a leave pass, but but I I did I did have to pay my dues. Mm with the leader of the opposition to get right. the leave pass. Right. I had to go to, I went to Victoria's Secret. Oh, good. Okay. Did you find anything that fit? <laughs> <laughs> now, I know, I know you're not going to believe this, but I, I spent quite a bit of time in Victoria's Secret mm. as the Minister for Home Affairs tried on a lot of uh, lovely things. But I've got mm. to say, mm. mate, sitting there outside the dressing room, there's a little waiting area for the guys. It's all done in pink and there's photo stuff on the wall of all the angels, which is very hard to take. But I tell you what, we talk about Apple and we talk about the Ritz-Carlton for customer service. I yep. kid you not, the customer service of Victoria's Secret is absolutely outstanding. Wow, okay. What, they bring you a cold beer while you were waiting? Not that outstanding. <laughs> <laughs> But the way they looked after my wife and from the minute we walked in, how they do their, what they call the uncovery, is like getting the details, what you're looking for, the measurements, the styles you like. They put a shopping bag over your shoulder. Everyone, like, my name's Jackie. What's your name? Where are you from? Great, let's take you in here. Wow. Set you up. They check on the... It, honestly, I sat there and I thought... We rave about these other stores, but I tell you what, if you're in retail and mm. you have anything to do with customer service, do yourself a favour and go in and go in and visit a Victoria's Secret 
with mm. or without the intention to buy. It is, uh, honestly, it really spun me out. They are very, very good. So there wow. you go. Wow. Mm. Well, I'll give you the opposite to that, mate, customer service. <laughs> <laughs> All right, go ahead. Not, not, not being... Not being uh, you are Mr. Grumpy. You are Mr. I, I Grumpy. I am Mr. Grumpy. I've got a bee in my bonnet right? and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to let it out because not being able to... unload. No, yeah, not being fortunate enough to make a trip to Hawaii. I made a trip to Wyong on the weekend with, with the family. Oh. <laughs> and and th- 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 this really annoys me. We went to, a, we went to a, a one of the, the better... Well, was, we were told it was one of the better restaurants in Wyong. I mean, it's Wyong after all, let's face it. But still, this Thai restaurant. And it was the food was lovely. Tanae, as you know, is a celiac. Sat down, all the gluten-free uh, meals were marked on the menu. Specifically said, we'd like this one. We need to make sure it's gluten-free. Any problems? No, I'll go and check in the kitchen. Come back, all good. Order three meals and some rice. Where did we end up on Sunday night, Monday morning? Oh, Wyong yeah. Hospital. No. Yeah, just, you know, it's like, it's your food, guys. You, you can't tell me you don't know what's in it, honestly. You know, and, and why are you telling me it's gluten-free when it's not? So, you know. That's the thing today. It's, um, it's getting, and anybody who's been on this journey with us on the show will remember a story from a few weeks back on General Mills, who are one of the biggest cereal companies in the world, who were selling boxes of cereal with a big sign in the front saying <laughs> gluten-free. Yes. And they had to recall some two million packets with an apology saying, oops, sorry. And if you look at the pack and you read the ingredients and it says oats or anyone who's a glutard knows that that is a big red flag. So Mm. it's just another example, Rob. I think we're going to keep bringing these things up for people to say you can't just... You can't just take someone's word for it. You have to do your own due diligence. And mm. when these things, you know, if you're in a place that you, you feel a bit dodgy about, go for the salad, go yeah. for the grass-fed beef, go for the fish, just stay away from it because um, it's all care, no responsibility. They mm. go, yeah, should be. No, is that gluten-free? Oh, should be. Well, should be <laughs> isn't is. Now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Should, if you want to talk about should, should you not know what you're serving me? Yeah, would be my question. So, uh, well, it's, it's, so uh, well, I hope Sinead's all right now. That's, yeah, uh, that, that, that's, she's okay. That's the worst thing for a glutard. So exactly. Um, Speaking of grass-fed beef, though, we—that's uh, a bit of a topic in this week's uh, interview. The Mojo Radio Show. Our good mate, Doctor Michael Smith. We call him Doc. He's not really a doctor. We call him Doc. Um, <laughs> Smithy. 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 Tell you what, there's a, there's a few Smithies getting around here in Hawaii. Oh, really? <laughs> oh man, the place is just just reeking with Aussies, which mm-hmm. I have a problem mm-hmm. with, and uh, and Japanese tourists. Man, I will tell you what, this is a Japanese tourist haven. I've been right. absolutely blown away by the hospitality that the Hawaiian retailers and people have put on for the Japanese tourists. Obviously, a yeah, massive right. market, but um, yeah, yeah, that's a story for some other time. But Michael, Michael's a good mate of the show, and Robbo and I were talking about the aging process and how there are some people you see who just look look fantastic. They look as if they're 50, 52. In actual fact, they're 69 or 70. Yet there are other folks you look at, and they might be 32, but they look 45. And it just got us chatting, didn't it, mate, about, well, how does this all work? Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, and Michael is definitely the man to answer those questions. So we, we put some questions together, rang Michael, thought we'd get him on the line to have a chat to say, well, can we turn back the ageing clock? It's a subject for all of us. And as parents, we've a responsibility. As leaders, we have a responsibility. And for personal 
leadership, we've got a responsibility. So, Michael Smith, mate, welcome back to the Mojo Radio Show. Good to be back, Gary. How are you? Uh, mate, we're very, very well. Good to have you back on the show again. Um, I walked into a meeting recently and there was a guy in the room who I hadn't seen in a number of months. And when I looked at this guy, he just seemed to have all of a sudden aged, like he looked stressed, he had dark rings under his eyes, he'd greyed. Is ageing something that we have got any control over at all? What's your take on it? Well, I think it's inevitable we're all going to age, but how fast we age is the, is the key, and I think that's the part we can slow down. And with your friend, like one of the, one of the big things for ageing is stress and the inflammation that causes. So, and that's where you can do a lot of things about it. To, to slow down the aging process. Where do I start? Well, the first place to start would be with your diet, like cutting out uh, a lot of the inflammatory foods. So eating less processed foods, uh, you can start simply by you know, cutting out sugars. That's one of the biggest things that's shown to speed up the aging process. Inflammation is affected by sugar, and that then leads on to things like diabetes, uh, Alzheimer's, dementia, a lot of these symptoms you get when you're older are all starting when you're younger. So when you get these old age illnesses at 60 or 70 or 80, they're having their beginnings when you're 30 and 40 and rushing from the you know meeting to boardrooms, having coffees and sugar and eating all the, the crap that might come with that. Here in Australia, there's an ad on the television at the moment um, about sugar and what it's doing to us. And it says that uh, the debate on sugar now is at about the same stage as the tobacco debate was back in the 60s. Would you agree with that? Well, I think it's a, you know, it's a free choice if anyone smokes or eats sugar, but it probably can have the same sort of damaging effect. To the, but it's a lot more subtle. But in terms of where we're at with the, with the science, would you agree with that as to what sugar does to us or is doing to us? Well, sugar causes what's called glycation of the cells, and that's where it can lead to the, to the breakdown of the cells and the neurons. It's, yeah, I'd probably would rather have like a, a sugar fix than a cigarette, but yeah. it's, it's heading in that direction. It's, yeah. And it's something that's easily controllable. Like, it's one of the main things we can change is our diet. I think it's, it's an interesting point, Robbo, because if you go back to what Michael just said, that we, you and me, Robert, Smitty, everybody, we're all a collection of cells, and when... We have either genetic or cellular error. Essentially, like Michael was saying, you get the inflammation in the cells. The buildup of all that cellular damage is actually what starts to age us. That's right, Michael, isn't it? And it starts to age in the showing in the skin and it starts to show in our bones and our energy levels. Would that, is that fair? That's right, yeah. So if you want to have like good, healthy skin, keep your, you want to do it with, not with uh, the beauty creams and products, but by keeping your digestion healthy, getting a good night's sleep, keeping your hormones healthy, all those things are going to make you look younger as well as feel younger. Just on that, I'm curious about chronological age versus biological age. Is it fair to say that when you start to wear out your cells through inflammation and that's through diet and so on, that your chronological age can almost be taken backwards by your biological age? So you can age quicker. Mm. That's right. And at the same time, if somebody is 50 and they're feeling 70, they can actually change their diet 
lifestyle, change a few different habits, and start feeling even younger than they younger than fifty. They can start feeling better than they felt in years. And I see a lot of that with the clients is that they're feeling old, feeling older than what they are. But you know, within six months, they're actually feeling and doing things they haven't been doing since they were the twenties. Do you think there's something in this calorie reduction and or restriction and or intermittent fasting on, on age? You don't want to overeat, but you can actually get the same benefits from permanent calorie restriction by doing the intermittent fasting. And that's sort of the new area of research that, and, and things like the 5-2 diet are becoming quite popular, um, where even just a couple of days of fasting a week, and you can still eat, but just reducing down your calorie intake on two days a week can give you the same benefits and anti-inflammatory effects as as like a four or five day fast. So let's let's just explore that because I've got some good news to bring to Robbo in, in a minute. But I'm gonna I'm gonna stand by there, big fella. There's no um, good news in any of this, mate. No, let me no, tell you. I promise you. I promise you. You're gonna be a happy man in just just a couple of seconds now, uh-huh. Michael. We've said sugar can cause inflammation, which can escalate the aging process. We've talked about looking after your cells and keeping healthy cells is part of the looking after yourself in an aging process. We're now talking about some calorie restriction, uh, maybe or maybe not fasting, but some calorie restriction. We Rob and I wake up tomorrow morning and we want to do it on one of our days will be tomorrow. Tell us specifically, how do we do that? What are the step-by-steps you would take us through? to do either calorie restriction or fasting tomorrow that would help with our aging process? There's a couple of different ways you can do it. You can either uh, only eat, say, between midday and 4 p.m. So you might have like a a meal at 12 and a meal at 4. So that would give you a 20-hour fast to the next meal. So that's one way of doing it. The other way is to just eat a very low-calorie diet for the day. So you, um, that would include lowering your protein, mainly eating salads, fruits, vegetables, very low-calorie foods, and keeping fats and proteins to a minimum just on that day. Uh, Calories getting away from us because I I spoke to somebody on the weekend and they had been going through this whole bulletproof coffee thing, Michael, we'd spoken about before. And bulletproof coffee is is a big, you know, big movement today. And it's about taking your coffee in the morning adding in some ghee or grass-fed butter and some either MCT oil, which is medium-chain triglycerides, or coconut oil. You blend it all up and that's your breakfast. And what this guy said to me was that uh, he, was, he wasn't aware of exactly how many calories was in that. So whether he thought he was fasting, the calorie part of it, seem to take him a little by surprise. Do you think that calories are getting away from us where we think we're eating well, but in actual fact, we aren't restricting our calories, which is having an effect on our aging process? Well, with most, most clients, I don't worry about calories. If they're eating the right foods, you don't really right. have to count calories. Yep. But if you're specifically trying to intermittent fast, there's a couple of advantages in that. One is the anti-aging side of things. If someone's struggling to lose weight, um, it can actually help reset leptin levels. So a bulletproof coffee would not be on an intermittent fasting day because you get your 500 calories from that coffee just about. So some people just have bulletproof coffee in the morning, but um, I think it's an okay thing occasionally, but I wouldn't sort of live off that. They may not be metabolizing those fats. Like people on these high-fat diets, sometimes higher fat is good, but 
just because something is good doesn't mean more is better. Now, Rob, I promise you some good news. Mm. You're going to tell me that chocolate freckles are on the diet? Is that what you're going to tell me? Close. Right. <laughs> Close, but no, no, no pink cigars. No chocolate freckles. <laughs> Remember those pink cigars? Yes. How could I forget? Oh, and the lolly, the lolly mm. uh, cigarettes. I used to love those. Oh, anyway, yeah. Fags, I digress. They were called. Can't call them that these days. <laughs> <laughs> I probably should. I should probably should clarify for Robbo that a 500 calorie day does not mean just eating freckles. Like yeah. freckles. <laughs> They're only five calories each or ten calories each. I only keep yeah. them in the studio for Sophie. Come on. Yeah, right. No, you were doing the calculation on. I wonder how many calories yeah. are in a rack of Tim. Yeah. <laughs> now we digress. Have you heard mm. of resveratrol? No. Well, it is... An engine oil. <laughs> yeah. Drink that. Yes. Um, fast on that. Um, but, Michael, I've read that resveratrol, which is um, something we get from red wine and 70% properly dark chocolate, is good for our enzyme health, and that could be something that can help with the ageing process. Is that is that right? Yeah, it can have it. Resveratrol and uh, curcumin or turmeric kind of have a similar sort of mode of action. They can help to reduce inflammation. Um, the amount of resveratrol you get from red wine, though, you have to drink quite a lot of it. No problem. Um, yeah, I can, I can deal with that. <laughs> so you're probably better off taking a supplement. Yeah. Um, but there's some really good research on resveratrol now and, and, and also the curcumin. So those casks you've got in the back of the cupboard there, Gary, you can grab those down now. Yep, the other goon. Bring the bring on the goon. Um, I saw an article, Michael, on the Seventh Day Adventists, um, and as a religion, they, as part of their beliefs, encourage exercise daily, vegetarianism. Uh, they don't smoke and they don't drink, and they average lifespan is eighty eight years, which is eight years more than the normal U.S. citizen. So it's kind of it's an interesting case study, isn't it, of how food and exercise and the choices we make can have an impact on our ageing process, don't you think? So all those things definitely have, a, have an impact. And even having like being belonging to a group, like um, whether it's prayer or meditation or whatever group you belong to, all the centen centenarians and what's called the blue zones, like in Greece and uh, Costa Rica, Japan, they all have a similar sort of thing. They have a sense of purpose in life. They exercise. They eat real food. Um, may or may not be vegetarian, but they all. But a lot of them, they don't eat a lot of meat. But it's mainly just real food, and usually they do eat some meat. But the Seventh Day Adventists, they have a lot of good things going for them if they're doing all those. Is it just? Is it just groups with that one? Sorry, just and because you've just piqued my interest on something. My my um. My father and, and a couple of other people I know around his age, uh, look, they're the sort of person when someone, when, you, when I'm talking, when you talk about him retiring completely, you sort of, you know, you, in the same sentence you say, you know, the, the day that he fully retires is the day he'll step into the grave. And, and I don't, I don't, you know, wish that and I don't hope for that, but he's one of these people that, you know, gets up every morning and, and, and he still works part time, you know, he's, he's nearly 80. Um, and he's one of these people that will never, I don't think, give up, you know, some form of work at, in some way, shape or form. Is, is there something to that in terms of what you were saying in terms of groups as well? Or is that just a, one of those, you know, sort of freaks of nature sort of thing? Because I, I know a couple of men, you know, or a couple of my mates who say the same thing about their fathers. I think it's having a life with purpose. Like 
there's no point retiring and then sitting around watching TV or having nothing to do. So you just need something that keeps you interested and motivated and having a sense of purpose. Michael, what's the association? If we can expand a bit on what Robbo is just talking about, what's the association between an active brain and the ageing process of whether it be physical ageing or mental ageing? And what is there an association between keeping going and the ageing process? So the... If you're getting like uh, things like depression, um, low energy, uh, they're all they're all signs that the brain is uh, is aging, and it's all the main things with as you get older. It's neurodegeneration that causes the problems. So if you're losing your brain cells, and this is often not picked up until it's too late, that that the process starts when people are in their thirties and forties. So people now in their thirties, forties and fifties can do something about mental health problems and neurodegeneration later. I, I saw an article that said that um, most of us live thirty thousand days. So that's that's the number average is that we live thirty thousand days, which I, I find quite interesting because every day that goes past you just tick another one off. And it said that we are living longer but our years in good health are being reduced. So we're around for longer, but we're spending more time crook. If you were saying to somebody, give me the top three things that I would do immediately to improve not only the number of days I live, but in, in terms of the quality of the life, what would you say are the top three recommendations you'd make to us? Well, yeah, the, the reason we're living longer is more medication. So to live longer, you would look at, Cutting out all the processed foods out of your diet, or not all of them, but 80 to 90%. So you, most of your food comes from just real good quality sources. Getting good quality sleep every night. So this, these days people are sleeping less than they used to. And a lot of the time they're on some sort of device, whether a tablet or a phone before bed. So the quality of their sleep's not great. And that can lead to inflammation. And the third thing would be Keep active, whether that's mentally active or physically active. Keeping active and keeping the circulation going is much better than any drug or medication. That would be my top three. So, so I'm hearing so far in this interview that I should be playing golf, eating good red meat and drinking red wine. Is that pretty much what we're saying here? Yeah. Beer? Good red beer. No, I said booyah, not beer. Oh, booyah. Oh, we got a one-track mind. <laughs> yeah, it's probably not too much There's uh, of the red meat. Uh, some red meat, but uh, fish, vegetables, mm-hmm. fruits. Grassy um, bit, grass bit, <coughs> grass bit. <laughs> he says slowly. Grass bit, yeah. Yeah. From Bathurst. <coughs> yeah, grass-fed meat, yeah. Hey, uh, Michael, last week I saw an article that the American Heart Foundation published. And the essence of the story was that muscle protects the body against aging. And they stated that each hour of regular exercise done, you pick up two hours of additional life expectancy. So for every hour of regular, they call it regular exercise you do, you pick up two hours to your lifespan. And Exercise, regular exercise, not the hardcore, but regular exercise can stave off aging. Have you, would you concur with that? Is that something that you see and you would believe in? Well, exercise, daily exercise would be good. I'm not sure if these ultra endurance yeah. runners are all going to live to 150. Yeah. But it goes the, other, it goes the other way as well. So, so many people are sedentary and they're just sitting down all day. 
and that can decrease the aging process. So definitely getting an hour of exercise a day, whether it's walking, um, resistance training is excellent for um, improving health. But also not just sitting down all day. Whether If you have a sit-down job, try and stand up a bit, try and walk around, walk to work, walk home if, if that's possible. But just people are sitting eight, ten hours a day, which never happened in the past. But I would say that we're probably, as a, as a, as a generation, not doing enough resistance work, are we? Well, everything's so much easier these days. Like the farm, the, the physical work that people used to do in the past. And so in the grand scheme of things, it's only a very short time that, Everything's been so easy. We don't even have to get off the couch now to change the TV channel. And a lot of people might go for a walk for exercise, which is great, and it's using their legs, but very few people are exercising the core, exercising the upper body. And that can be one of the big reasons people fall and break bones. It's not so much the weak bones, but it's the weak muscles supporting their their weak core that's supporting their body. Yeah, just on that, there's a gentleman at my gym um, who does my uh, boxing class on a, a Tuesday and a Thursday and, and also the circuit class that I take on a Friday night, he would be probably a little bit younger than my dad. He'd probably be in his early 70s. And there are days, honestly, that I reckon he outboxes me. He's, he's, an, he's amazing. And you look at him and there's no way you'd pick his age. He, he, you would easily pick him for late 50s, early 60s. He's incredible to look at. I, I heard a, a, it's interesting you say that, Rob. I heard a great quote. I met this guy in Brisbane many, many years ago. And he was like this guy, and he wasn't that old, but say he was, I don't know, 55 or 60 years old, but he was rock hard and he was, a phys- he was in the corporate world, but in his spare time he did personal training. And he had a philosophy. He said, I will not let an old person inside my body. And it was just his personal philosophy. So he kept very active, ran classes, and of course he was, because he was running classes, he had to look good and be able to keep up with everybody. But he just took on, this, I suspect, like this guy, he just said, um, I, don't, I don't accept age. I don't accept the ageing process. I won't let an old, old person into my body. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's definitely the attitude that they must have, the two of them, because, you know, as I said, this guy's amazing. I take my hat off to him weekly. Have a go at him, mate. See how good he is. Just- <laughs> <laughs> not, I might just swing a punch in the, in the car park and just see what happens. <laughs> just stick out a slow jab. Come on, old, come on, come on, old, mate. Let's come on, old timer. Let's, let's see go. what you got. <laughs> <laughs> nah, too much respect for him for that. Absolutely. <laughs> Adrian. Yeah, um, that's right. Michael, should we, well, I think I'm curious about, should we break ourselves down and think about ageing in terms of bone and skin and brain and organs and face? Like, is it is it valuable to do that or are we just better off looking at the whole as a whole? I'm just curious. I think looking at it as a whole, if you do the simple things, that'll yeah. affect everything else. Otherwise, if you're sort of trying to focus on all the different things, yeah. it'll just get confusing. But just keeping it simple, so exercise, diet, sleep, um, keep the brain active and and, and have a purpose, like, you know, get new interests, try new things. Whatever age you're at, you can always, whether you're unhealthy at 40, 50 or 60, you can always change it. That story about the guy that was nearly 80, my dad's 79. And when he was 44, he was, you know, well overweight, um, not healthy, sort of give, read the right act by the doctor. And since then, he's ran about 13 marathons and, triathlons and now he still rides his bike 100 k's at 79 so he's 
whatever age you're at, you can change what you're doing. Is it worth su- is it worth suggesting to people too to just try something for a week? Um, and the reason I ask is I've seen firstly the promos for the Biggest Loser, which is coming on, and and this time they've got the 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 trainers eating with um, with the with the contestants for a week before they start the show. And I also saw online a video of a, a young woman in America who ate nothing but junk food for a week and, and showed the results of you know what what that did to her body and it was obvious quite obvious after just a week and I guess what I'm asking is if you said to yourself right I'm just going to try this for a week and see what results I get will people see like not massive changes but will people see results after just a week of trying some of this stuff well in the first week people often feel worse and better so um if they're they're, especially if they're changing you know cutting out a lot of sugars you can have that withdrawal effect in the first week or two you'll see differences in weight loss I always get people to try it for a month. Right. And after, you know, for some people it's a week, some people it's two or three weeks, but after a month they're looking better, feeling better. If they've got yeah. weight to lose, they've lost that and they lose the cravings mm. for all the crappy mm. food. What about things like skin tone and all that sort of stuff? Are they a bit more obvious faster or is that sort of about the same time frame? Depending on the person. Like, there's only so much you can do. Mm. But definitely in the, in the eyes you notice it and the skin. Like, yeah. Like, like, not so red and flushed, like mm. people often eating foods that are causing inflammation. They don't even realise it until they cut them out. Yeah. It's interesting, Robbo. Um, I worked with a young lady recently and she had this numbing and uh, puffiness around her eyes. Mm. And I went through what she had been eating just as a, just as a friend helping. Mm. And I said, I reckon there's something wrong with your gut, your gut health. So we went to Dr. Google on the internets and had a look at (laughs) Chinese face mapping and sure enough, the exact area where she had uh, the puffiness and the red marks were associated to the gut. Wow. So she cleaned up what she was eating and within four days she said it's gone, the puffiness is gone, it's not Mm. numb and tingling anymore. So I think it takes, to Michael's point, it takes a couple of days to to rid inflammation but there are people... It'd be fair to say, Michael, there are people who are so in the hole that it's going to take quite a while to resolve some of these issues, isn't it? That's right. Like, people can have, you know, huge huge results quickly. Um, for other people, it's a slower process, especially if there's other underlying hormonal issues, like whether it's thyroid, adrenal, um, and they're all, they're all uh, symptoms of long-term inflammation. So it can take a while to address them, but they're all fixable, so... Everyone wants results now and they watch shows like The Biggest Loser and they think they should be able to lose <laughs> two or three kilos a week. But yeah. you're better off giving yourself like a, you know, a one-month, a six-month, a 12-month plan. Mm. Michael, mm. is it fair to say that somebody could be looking in the mirror and going, I'm aging pretty good, like I still look, I'm still a bit of a sort. I am not carrying excess weight. I still look good. I'm still attractive. I'm still dating. Is it possible that on the inside, because of the bad diet, lack of exercise, the stress, the constant just barrage of messaging and action, that on the inside they are severely aging and it's just not showing yet? That's right. So the, the weight side of things can come down to genetics. Some people can just eat whatever they like and not lose weight, but they're still causing inflammation on the inside. They can still have heart attacks. They can still be lead, heading to dementia or Alzheimer's. Um, they could have 
you know, low testosterone, high estrogen readings. They could have a lot of different problems that are slowly developing. So if that's true, I know we, we had you on a program before and we love having you on and you talked about blood tests just for general checkups to get a, a good handle on how your adrenals are and your hormones. And if I was going into a medical professional now and I wanted to order some blood tests to see biologically how I'm aging on the inside, what would you have me ask for? Well, doctors don't do some of the specialised testing like detailed thyroid and adrenal, but if you go into your GP, there's probably four or five tests that they can order for you and would give you a really good idea of how you are ageing. Um, that would be something called HbA1c, which measures your, your blood glucose average over the last three months. Yep. And their range, they like you. Anything over 6.1, you're classified as diabetic. But you definitely want to be below 5.5 there. You don't want to be borderline. The next one would be something called HSCRP or C-reactive protein. And that's a marker of inflammation. So CRP measures if you're over 6, but if you get the HSCRP, it'll even measure low-grade inflammation. So that should be less than 1 or close to 0. But if you're three or four, that's indicating there's inflammation happening in your body, whether it's from, you know, an injury, gut function, stress. Um, other ones would be, especially for men, would be ferritin. High ferritin causes inflammation, and a lot of men can have high ferritin levels. And that's where even donating blood three or four times a year can keep your ferritin levels down, and that can reduce cardiovascular risk. Um, and probably the other... Another one would be homocysteine, another inflammation marker, which is associated with cardiovascular, Alzheimer's. Um, I'm not sure if you actually caught that Pete Evans, Mike Willisy show recently. His homocysteine was through the roof, and after 10 weeks, it was back down to virtually zero, which is, or not zero, but back down to the range where you want it to be. Would you need to ask for those specifically, Michael? It's not something we come up with a normal blood work. You'd need to go in and specifically request those from your doctor. You would the ferritin might be might be covered under nine studies, but the other ones um, they should still be covered under Medicare. But you'd have to ask for them. They're not done in the normal blood test. And send us a photo of your doctor's face when you do walk into his office and ask for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, holding a glass of red wine. In yes, the that's right. <laughs> hey, hey, young buddy, here, take some of this out. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Smitty told me to eat steak, red right, wine exactly. and dark chocolate. Let me see how it's working. And I need to get my HSCRB B levels done. Um, we will put, Michael, we'll get those tests from you and stick them in the show notes because it's a lot for people who are driving or sitting on a bus who may not have their hands free to write that stuff down. So we will get that and put it in the show notes. So if you are interested, folks, you know what to ask for. You can hand it across to your doctor and say, give me this. Um, can, I, can I just take you back, Michael, just uh, just back a question or two? You were talking about, we were talking about people who don't have a lot of luck in, with results from their exercise. My, my father's one of the ones that falls into that category. He's not obese, but he's, he's overweight for his age um, and has a history of family heart disease and has done all sorts of doctor-ordered diets and all sorts of things to lose weight. More recently, he was on one where he was only eating like a cabbage soup um, and drinking water and fresh juices. And he was walking um, 10 laps of the pool, the pool every morning um, and, you know, still playing his golf and doing all the other exercise that he does during the week. Um, and he did it for a month and put on weight 
How, how is that possible? So he was eating cabbage soup for a month and exercising. It was there was cabbage soup, soup, and a couple of other things. I can't remember the exact diet. I'm sorry, but um, but it was certainly not. There was certainly no no carbohydrates or anything like that in the diet. Yeah, I often see this with uh, people when they you look at what they're eating and they're hardly eating anything. Mm. Yet they can't lose weight or they're still putting it on. Mm. Um, for people who are eating a low-calorie diet for a long term, that can be affecting their metabolism. Yeah. But often it comes down to hormones. And mm. the first one I always look at is thyroid. You can be eating a perfect diet no matter what diet it is and still put yeah. on weight with low thyroid. Yeah, I think they checked that one. Yeah, that that's certainly one that I think they went to to begin with. Yeah. And that's one where you, you know, go to the doctor and they'll check TSH. And that's only a small part of thyroid. So. Right. So many times people are told they have normal thyroid, but when you dig deeper, it's not. So I'd never take the the TSH levels as gospel for your thyroid. Mm. But there's other hormones, the adrenal hormones, um, leptin is another one, insulin resistance. So getting his HbA1c would be checked there. So he may need to be on more of like a like a higher higher calorie diet to lose weight. Right. Sometimes people get people eating more than they have in a long time, they'll start losing weight. Wow. So HbA1c, HSCRP, they're the inflammatory markers in the and the blood sugar. Yeah. They're two things that could stop people losing weight. Very good. Thank you. Michael, just some of the um, the science behind this aging process, and I've also read it could be a contributor to cancer, and just correct me if I go off track here, but my understanding is that each nucleus of a cell that we have in our system is made up of like molecules of DNA and they're the chromosomes. And the chromosomes have little ends on them called telomeres. And if the telomeres become damaged or start to shorten, that's what essentially leads to escalating the aging process. And the way it was explained to me was the telomeres are like a plastic tip on the end of your shoelaces and they keep you basically your shoelaces from fraying, but lose those plastic tips and buff off it goes. So if we had, don't have those telomeres, the chromosome ends start to fray and break and so on. And that's what is is that your understanding of kind of the science behind the breakdown of our chromosomes through the telomeres? And if it is the case, how do I ensure that? Is there something we haven't talked about so far that would ensure that I can keep my telomeres healthy? Well, it, yeah, the telomeres, that's a good that's a good analogy. And when people, when they study people who are, you know, centenarians over 100, 110, they all have still quite long telomeres compared to people who are only living to 60 and 70. So there's definitely a genetic component in that. But it comes back down to all the basic things we just spoke about, like with okay. diet, lifestyle, not enough sleep, all causing inflammation. So... Reducing down your calories, reducing down the inflammation uh, can all, all affect that. There's some research going on now it's into cold thermogenesis and how that can affect the telomere level. So, oh, really? How does that work? That's with things like cold showers and ice baths. and um, Not a fun thing to do, but you can definitely build, build up your body to do it. And That's something that I've been experimenting with lately is the... Is the cold showers each day. What have you noticed? That, that's interesting. What have you, I've heard a lot about it. I've read a lot about it. I have not done it. I haven't got the courage yet to have a crack at it because it's minus three where I live uh, in the mornings. Um, what have you noticed as an outcome of doing it? Well, definitely feeling more alive in the morning after the cold shower. But feeling, <laughs> yeah, just yeah, feeling I don't really think there's good. any doubt about that. <laughs> I've gone from someone who 
would only put their hand under for five seconds and that was all I could last to just within just a couple of weeks just having five minute cold showers every day and not feeling that cold at all like that's I'll have to step up to the ice baths next. The Swedish have been into it for years, though, haven't they? Let's be honest. I mean, the saunas on the, the edge of the frozen lake with the hole in the ice has, um, has been a, a Swedish tradition or, or, or Finnish tradition for a long time, hasn't it? That's right. And so it has some immune-building um, effects. So I got onto it from a guy called Wim Hof, who holds all these world records for being in the ice, but they've done studies on him and the people that he's taught. The ice man. Mm. The ice man. They've been able to like inject them with bacteria, and their bodies are able to... Um, reduce that inflammation caused by the bacteria, so they don't have no they have no symptoms. Wow, wow! And that's just from the sauna into the ice and back again. Yeah, or just being in the ice. Or just being in the ice, full stop. Cold thermogenesis. Yeah. Wow, wow. So the other area that's good for is weight loss um, and resetting leptin levels. So mm-hmm. people. You know, it could be one for your dad. Yeah, <laughs> lots of luck getting him in an ice bath. <laughs> yeah, good luck with that. <laughs> hey, Michael, we've talked about – one thing I'm curious about, I'd like your perspective on, we've talked about stress a bit, and I think the stuff you've mentioned and stuff that I understand, that stress is having a big bearing on the ageing process. And I know there's guys that I – guys or girls I haven't seen for quite a while, and I see them, and they've had stressful corporate roles or they're entrepreneurs and they're just – burning the candle and going at it. Is there something that you would give as a tip that you talk about to your patients in your practice that is something that, I mean, we can't not be stressed. Stress is not a bad thing. But for those in the corporate world who are finding themselves under the pump for eight, 10 hours a day, is there a tool or process that you have come across that you would recommend to be able to you know, stop that stress for a moment to help their well-being? Probably, like we've touched on, you know, the, the usual suspects like diet and exercise, but if to, the best thing I've found to reduce down stress would be meditation. And a lot of people tell me they can't meditate, they've tried it. Um, you know, they might have tried it once or twice and they can't stop their mind, but it's like saying I've tried to learn a piano and I can't play after two attempts. It's, it just takes practice and you don't have to be good at it, you just have to do it. And... Within weeks, you can see the benefits of just 10 minutes a day of meditation. So these days, it's getting a lot easier. There's a couple of really good apps, one that's called Headspace, another one Calm. Um, There's some good free guided meditations on the internet that I send to people. And you just got to do that for 10 minutes a day, make it part part of your morning practice or part of your evening practice. Or if you're catching a bus or a ferry or a train to work, you could even do it on that. Michael, one last question before you go. When, when you hear the ageing process, when you hear people talk about their health, their wellness, quite often they blame their genetics. But I've heard of epigenetics, which means above the genes, which sounds like there is something we can do, or something we have control over that can help us either with change those genetics or adapt to a, a healthier being. Can you explain epigenetics and how it impacts this conversation of, oh, that's just the way my family is, it's my background, it's my genes? Yeah, so if you've got a genetic risk for cardiovascular disease or dementia, so you might have the genes for those conditions, but the genetics are only about 30% of the equation, so your diet and lifestyle still influence those genes. Uh and you can't really look at one or two genes in isolation. So that's one thing I do with clients is I often recommend they get their genetics tested through 
a company like 23andMe or SmartDNA. It's quite cheap to get it done these days. And then you can have a look, see what genes influence each other, like whether they have the genes that affect the methylation process, which is what we touched on before with the DNA repair and telomeres. 20% of the people in Australia have this MTHFR defect and don't even realise. So just supplementing with the right types of uh, vitamins can help them not turn on those genes. Are those uh, tests available uh, everywhere across the world or are they specific to the States or the UK? Or no, They're available all around the world, yeah. Like right. Smart DNA is an Australian company, but 23andMe, they're in the States, but they ship kits over to Australia. Okay. They don't give the health reports, um, but they give you the raw genetic data to get the health reports through other third-party uh, programs. Would it be a professional like yourself who can then read these details and give recommendations? Yeah, it can get quite complex because you don't just look at one gene and think, oh, yeah. I've got a problem with that gene, I need to address it. But it gives you the genes for like a multitude of things, for the cardiovascular uh, cholesterol gene, so it can influence what what are the best fats to eat, what you know, should be on like a higher carb or a lower carb diet or even a lower fat diet, whether you know, I'm susceptible to low vitamin D or other B vitamin deficiencies or gluten. So you can get a lot of information out of it. So that information can be taken out of your, out of this panel that it shows that it expresses itself in the genes. Is that right? That's right, yeah. Oh, that's interesting. I've never heard that before. That's, that's, that's gold. That's gold and then their blood tests. Clever, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> but as far Michael, as um, go, you might have the genes for celiac disease, but if you know you have those genes, you might minimise the amount of gluten you're having if you're kind of eating lots of bread, cereals, processed foods, and then you might get a viral infection or something like that. That can actually switch on that gene so you actually develop celiac disease. Well, this has been, once again, Michael, very enlightening. I've taken a lot out of this little uh, conversation. Mm. Uh, if somebody did want to take action on this, Michael, where would we find you, mate? You can find me at planetnaturopath.com and if people want to have a chat like I offer a free 15 minute consultation so if people want to find out maybe what more about the genetic testing or what testing they can do to find out what's actually happening with their body they can book a 15 minute consultation and we can work out a plan for them. And any, anybody who's listening and this is not a, an ad advertisement this is not a what is it's, it is a plug but it's an endorsement that I know people who are working with Michael who have seen significant change uh, and are feeling better in every way for the advice and direction you've given them, mate. So uh, good on you for the work you're doing. Thanks for being on the show again, buddy. Always nice having you on the show. I'm sure we'll speak again. Thanks a lot, guys. Absolutely. And we'll catch you next time. Yeah, enjoy those cold showers, buddy. Yeah, they're all yours, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going home tonight, Michael. I'm going to get a cold tub of water. Big, big old grass-fed T-bone, glass of red and some dark chocolate. I'm set. I'm turning back the clock. Actually, does it work from the inside? Can I just have a cold beer instead? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to put on. I'm going to put on a flock of seagulls, ABC, and some Spandau Ballet. Oh, well, you've got well, that. That yeah. works too. Yeah. All right, guys. <laughs> we lost him. I think he's gone. Absolutely. Thanks, Michael. Going, mate. All right. We'll see you next time. Getting your mojo working. This is the Mojo Radio Show. I love Smitty. Yeah. <laughs> well, I you know. Do- He's just so calm and relaxed and mm. knowledgeable and yeah. 
There's nothing yeah. you can throw at him. He doesn't yeah. have a, a, a thought on. He's researched. He's studied. It's just mm. we love Smitty. You know, you know. I've actually come up with my own diet. You know how he mentioned during the interview that uh, you have your low <laughs> calorie days. I think he was talking about 500 calories a day. I've done my research and I found out that chocolate freckles are about five calories each. So that means I could have a hundred <laughs> chocolate freckles. <laughs> Stay within my calorie count. <laughs> I tell you what, something that I, I remember talking to Smithy about, you know, because I'm in Hawaii, mm. and this morning, and we've, we 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 get up, we go to the pool or we go to the beach and we do stuff, and then we walk down to Waikiki. So it's about a half an hour walk, I suppose. And yep. uh, so by the time we get there, it's kind of 9:30, 10 o'clock. Some mornings, 10:30. So we're mm. in a very good fasted state by the time we get there. Yeah. And this morning we went to Moose, Mag- Moose McGillicuddy's, which is this <laughs> right. sports bar that my wife and I had been to a number of times many, mm. many years ago when we were here watching the Super Bowl finals. Yep. <laughs> so we worked in and uh, it was late in the morning. And I said, I'll, I might have a salad for breakfast, you know, like a salady lunch type thing. Mm. And I ordered the uh, this green chopped salad. Mate, I ate for a I kid you, I ate for an hour and I still couldn't see the bottom. <laughs> I started pushing it to others around the table saying, please have some. It's not just the food, yeah. it's the portion size. Man, yeah. I tell you, yeah. this thing was cheap as and it was healthy as. It was a really healthy thing. Yeah. It was just a kangaroo couldn't have jumped over it. It was yeah. massive. Can I, ask, can I ask you though, in all seriousness, my, my last experience in, on a trip to the States was probably a good 12 or 13 years ago. And the biggest thing I noticed was finding something healthy to eat was a real challenge. Has that changed at all? No, no, it, it's, it has changed a lot. We, we have found, not far from where we're staying on Waikiki, mm. we found a fantastic place called Goofy's. Hello to all our friends at Goofy's, uh, which is an organic I'll be cafe. down for dinner tonight. <laughs> <laughs> I had one of the best breakfasts in history yesterday. It was yeah, fantastic. Right. I mean, the, as a side of kale, boiled brown rice, mm. uh, and it was it was a, a an omelette done in a skillet, which was just it was brilliant. It was just beautiful. Right. Uh, anywhere you go, whether it be an IHOP, whether it be Tony Roma's ribs, wherever you go, you can get a fantastic cob or chopped salad. Right. So okay. oh. if you if you are serious about it, if, even even the ABC, which is like the Seven Elevens, either they've got these really nice. The cop salads you can take away for I don't know, five yep. or six bucks. So if you put your yep. mind to it, you will always find a salad. It's just mm. all the stuff that goes with it. It's so tempting. Yeah, yeah. Which and is the good old the, yellow, good old orange cheese. Yeah, yeah. Oh, the orange <laughs> cheese and the massive bread rolls they serve you, and yeah. it's the bowl of corn chips that come out. You know, a lot of these Mexican places before you start. You know, which I'm a sucker for. Yeah, so, absolutely. No, it has it has changed. There are. A lot of organic joints, and there's a lot of Jap- lovely Japanese food here now, and stuff like mm, that. But mm. um, it's the portion size that hasn't changed, yeah. and the portion size of the soft drinks that go with it. Soft drinks are still pretty massive here, yeah. so um, yeah. yeah, it's well, a very interesting thing. You think it, but how often do you say it? What were they thinking? Yeah, well, I've got something interesting for you when you get back. Something that I dug out, <laughs> dug out on the net the other day. I'm going to knock one up for you and I to try when you get back. I'm sure you'll be looking forward to this. It's a deep fried Big Mac. <laughs> so, so, so you take a Big Mac, McDonald's Big Mac, you put it in egg wash and put it in some breadcrumbs and then deep fry it. <laughs> You're kidding me. Yeah. I'm not kidding you. It was, so I, it popped up somewhere. I was looking on Facebook or 
one of those somewhere that popped up the other day and I thought, my God, is if there's not enough fat content in one of those things to start with, do you really need to deep fry it? <laughs> well, here's my lesson in rock. Oh, he's been ukulele shopping. Look out. <laughs> my lesson nice. of rock. Your lesson of rock. I love it. to avoid, avoid the deep fried Mac. Big avoid Mac. the big fried deep Mac and always shop at the ukulele shop in Hawaii when you're there. My little girl said, can you play me something on? Went, <laughs> no. no. I tried to play, I tried to play smoke on the water. <laughs> Uh, See, so go back a couple of weeks and take your lesson from, when you get home, take your lesson from, from John and, uh, and, and do a bit of noodling on the couch while you're, you know, <laughs> watching TV or whatever. You might get good at it, mate. Who knows? I've got to say, just uh, before we, I know you've got a great lesson of rock for me. We can, mm. We're all going to do a bit of strutting. But I've got to say that the feedback, the downloads on the Dead Daisy show was absolutely extraordinary. It was just, mm. it's, it's rocketed up the charts for the um, Mojo radio show. Yeah, and, they're doing um, well, the boys. If anybody who hasn't gone back and heard that show yet, the Dead Daisy show wasn't just a rock and roll show. It was really about life and stuff. And gee, it was popular. And um, yeah, it's done well. I hasn't listened it? to it a few times, and I got just just so enjoyable. So anyway, yeah. Um, let's <laughs> do you, let, let's do lessons. <laughs> don't do that. I'll, let's do lessons in rock. <laughs> the Mojo Radio shows lessons in rock. Mahalo. <laughs> Oh, no. Mahalo, Rubbo. Uh, I'm noodling. I, I, right, th- yeah, I, think, I think this week's lesson in rock's a little more classy <laughs> than that. What do you got? We all know the well-known Australian hit makers, the Bee Gees, yeah? Yep. A short li- here's a short list of their achievements, okay? They've written over a thousand songs in their career, wow. 20 US top tens, uh, and they've also written a heap of hits for other artists. Chain Reaction for Diana Ross, Guilty for Barbara Streisand, Emotion for Destiny's Child, Immortality for Celine Dion, and wow. of course, and of course, your favourite mate, this one. That's your favourite, isn't it, mate? Yeah, there we go. Oh, you're playing it now too. That's fantastic. But get this, here's their, here's their most amazing achievement. They're the only songwriters in history to have five songs in the US top 10 at the same time. Really? Yep, five of their songs. So I think there was, from memory, there was three BG songs and two songs that they'd written for other people and all five of them were in the top 10 at the same time. So, so there you go. They, they really are underestimated. Yeah and not getting the acclaim they deserve, really. And, and, and being Aussies, too. That's right. And, and here's the reason that I bring all this up, because you, you yep. want to know how they got their start. What? When they were kids, what they would do is they would sit down and they'd listen to the radio, and they would pretend that they were in charge of writing the next hit for whichever artist was playing at the time. So, you know, if they, was, if they sat down and there was an Elvis Presley song, well, their game would be, OK, well, we've got to write the next song for Elvis Presley that will be his next hit. Wow. And Robin Gibb once said that instead of throwing a ball around, we were throwing music around. And wow, I've always nice. liked that analogy. How nice is that? Mm. So I just thought that there was a really nice lesson there that, you know, we've talked about dreaming and all that sort of stuff. And that's just a really good illustration of, you know, what it can actually do. Well, there's a nice saying in regardless of whatever you want to do is you act the way you want to become until you become the way you act. Right. So by nice. 
looking at these things and writing the next song as if you were. Mm. Eventually, your time comes where suddenly people look at you and acclaim you because you are the way that you wanted to become. Yeah. And hence the reason that I'm working so hard with the <laughs> ukulele. Because I think it was Elvis actually that did Blue Hawaii. <laughs> yes, it was. So I figure if I keep working, I can. Um, uh huh. Oh, thank you very much. So, uh, so look, everybody. So look out for the next the next big collaboration <laughs> with the Dead Daisies and Gary Burwistle, folks. <laughs> Mate, I'm I'm going to Jimmy Buffett's place tonight to Margaritaville with my uke. I'm going to try and get up on stage and start acting the way I want to become. You've been on holidays for too long already, my friend. <laughs> we uh, we should get out of this week's show and let you go and have a holiday. Let's. I reckon the best song to play us out this week. This wasn't recorded by me, by the way, but this is still a great song. This is Staying Alive, number one in Australia back in March 1973 for the aforementioned BGs. Mahalo, everybody. <laughs> Please. <laughs> Talk to you next week, fella. Out.
Joe Radio Show is produced and recorded in the studios of Voodoo Sound. For more tips and tools to get your mojo working, check us out on Facebook at The Mojo Radio Show or online at themojoradioshow.com. For more about Gary, see garybertwhistle.com or to polish your next audio or video production, check out voodoosound.com.au and for the right voice, realtimecasting.com. Andrew Peter speaking. See you next time.